Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. This is another edition of Retirement Elevated Podcast with Sean Lee, Managing Partner at Elevated Retirement Group, serving the Salt Lake City area from his office in Sandy. 855-50-RETIRE, your number to call if you got some questions or concerns about your own retirement, need a little bit of help, or you know someone who does, let them know. 855-50-RETIRE, that number to call. Listen to the podcast and share with others at retirementelevatedpodcast.com. That's retirementelevatedpodcast.com. Make sure you follow and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, all those good places. And Sean, welcome in, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, man? I am hanging in there and uh, doing pretty good. And I wanted to play a little game this week on the podcast. So we'll change it up a little bit. Let's play a little game of right or wrong. (laughs) You're like, oh, no. (laughs) I didn't know I was going to agree to that. (laughs) So look, depending on who you ask, Sean, you can get a lot of different answers to these, right? So I I know technically you're probably going to have a hard time giving me anything concrete. We won't hold you to it. But we'll just have a little fun with this. So I'm going to ask you some basic questions about hot topics that people always kind of say. You hear somebody say left, you hear somebody say right, right, when it comes to the answers. So we'll just get your take on some of this. So what's better, in your opinion, paying off debt or building up savings? Oh, that's a good one. Well, I think it depends on the type of debt. So if if you look at it, you said, Sean, what's better off paying off credit card debt or building up a savings account? Mm -hmm. And if credit card debt had high interest rates, you know, whatever, you see them all the way up to 25 or whatever percent. I would at that point say, hey, you know what? Go ahead and pay off the debt because that's going to choke you out financially. (laughs) Going to get you in a full Nelson? Yeah, I mean, and and to be honest, if you got 18% interest that you're paying, there's nothing out there that you could say, oh man, I'm going to put into a savings account and I'm going to earn 18%. Right, right, right. So kind of the offset there is get out of debt as quick as possible and then all that money that you're paying into the debt, then transition it into savings. Because if you can create what we call like a toppling effect where say you got different debts all over the place and you just start to pay them off and then you roll money into them and then pay those off and then you roll what you were paying into the other to the last debts. Now you, you're used to making those payments anyways. So why not just then shift that money into savings and continue doing what you're doing? Yeah. So I, in this aspect, I'd say pay off the debt first and then start to build up the savings. All right, all right. So that's pretty good so far. You know, I was thinking about this when I was putting this together. Did you ever do this when you were in high school? It seems like at some point in life where you're sitting around with your friends and people get into this weird conversation and it's always a, a versus conversation, Pepsi or Coke, right? Are you a Pepsi or Coke right. guy? Are you a Chevy or Ford guy? You know, whatever the case is, right? So that was kind of the thought behind this. I still carry those today. I'm a Pepsi guy and I'm a GMC guy. Like, all, right, that's, all right, all right. Well, we're on the same page. We're yeah. talking the same lingo. So that's good to know. All right, well, here's your next one here on right or wrong, if you will. Is it best to pay off the house as soon as possible or keep the mortgage as long as you can for the taxes? This is a, uh, well, I, I mean, from a tax perspective, there's that's really changed, not a right? lot of benefit, yeah. but this is an argument where you can get in trouble. You know, there are those people that say you have to pay your house off as quick as possible to reduce down your monthly outflow of expenses. And then there are those other people that say, I'm just going to refinance and I'm going to keep my mortgage as low as possible into retirement or whatever it may be. I don't care if I have a mortgage. As long as my cash flow can accommodate it, I'm cool having a mortgage. And I tend, personally, I tend to live somewhere in the middle. Okay. And so let's say, for example, that I had an extra $1,000 per month that I could 
I could pay either down on my mortgage or I could put money into savings and keep the mortgage as long as possible. I would probably do a combination of the two. I'd probably say, hey, let's pay down the mortgage quickly. Because if mathematically, if you, if you make two extra mortgage payments a year, you dramatically reduce the number of years that you have a mortgage anyways. So I would you know, put a little bit over to the house, put a little bit into savings with the idea that, hey, I'm going to have control of that money. Uh, I'm going to have some liquidity. I'm going to have some cash in the event that there is a big need or an emergency. Because if, if I put all my money into my house and I don't have any cash, if something happens, I'm going to have some problems on, on getting cash out. And so I look at using both. You know, Hey, let's save a little bit, pay down the mortgage, put some in savings, and eventually what's going to happen is your mortgage is going to continue to drop, but your savings is going to grow and you're going to have a crossover point that you have the freedom, if you choose to, to pay your house off anyways. All right. All right. So some good thoughts there here on the podcast. This is Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee of Elevated Retirement Group, 855-50-RETIRE. Having a little fun, warming him up really with uh, the writer, playing a little right or wrong, if you will. Because <laughs> now I'm going to hit you with a couple of a little more complicated ones. Uh, let's see what we got time-wise. How about this one? Mutual funds, good or bad? Ah, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, I think they're both. I know that's kind of the politically correct way to say it. And I use Peter Lynch as an example. He was was a longtime institutional manager for Fidelity. He actually was the manager of the Fidelity Magellan Fund. So the way that back in the 80s when Peter Lynch was managing money, his clients will say, for example, to get institutional management, they'd have $5 million or, or more. Well, at the time, that was a very select group of Americans. And so what was, what was then done and what was created was this mutual fund. Well, hey, Mr. Lynch, I don't have $5 million. I'm just starting out investing and I'm, I'm learning to save and I'm, I'm putting money away, but I want some of your management. And I say, hey, no worries. I've got a mutual fund. It's my same oversight, same management. It's going to be a little bit more expensive. Is that okay? And that's really the idea behind mutual funds, in my opinion, is that you use funds to start to build wealth and you start to grow and you start to save because they're really easy. They're prepackaged. You don't have to put much thought into the allocations and they're professionally managed for you. Eventually, as time goes on, you build more wealth, your assets continue to grow. And with where technology has come, those institutional managers have dropped their minimums. So you're saving and you're continuing to grow uh, your asset base. And now you're, you're to this point to where you're getting ready to retire and you've built this big nest egg and mutual funds are a scenario where you've probably outgrown them. You need more customization. You need, you need more tailoring. So you need, in my opinion, more institutional wealth management. So are mutual funds good? Yeah. I mean, my kids have mutual funds. Now, do I use mutual funds in our practice for the families that we represent? No, because I think that there's a cleaner way to go, more efficient, direct to the source. If my kids want Apple, I can wrap that up in a mutual fund and get it diversified. But for our clients, I can go out and I can, because they have a larger asset pool, mm -hmm, we can buy right. Apple directly. Okay. So, so that was, see, I knew that one was going to be a little trickier. I knew that was going to kind of put you on the yeah. fence with that one. And I think we'll, we'll finish it off with a caveat here in a second. So, but I got to put you on the hot seat one more time just because it's fun. We're having a little good time here on the, <laughs> on the podcast with right or wrong, if you will, a little game show within the, within the show, if you will. Annuities, good or bad? <laughs> Ooh. 
Um, it's the, the A word. I'm dropping the A word. Well, it depends on who you ask again, right? <laughs> right, like, right. There are some people out there that say annuities are bad and you should never use them. You know, I'll go back to an example that of a guy that we met with. This was about three years ago, actually, and he was going through our process. And we were in the phase where we were we had gone through the evaluation. We had come up with what his issues were and, and he decided that he wanted us to solve them. And so we moved into the design phase and in the design meeting, you know, that's where we start to create strategy and, and work with the individual to build the plan that's unique and customized to them. And it was really funny. We, he came in and, and he sat down with a big, probably inch thick of research that he had done. And he said, hey, Sean, I don't want any annuities. Hmm, okay. I said, like, oh, okay. Right. Like it does, it, ultimately, it doesn't matter to me. And he said, I had done all this research. I said, okay, that, that doesn't need to be part of your plan. If you're not comfortable with it, it doesn't need to be part of your plan. And it really threw him off because he expected and came armed with reasons why we shouldn't use a certain vehicle over another. Now, can annuities be bad? Absolutely, they can be bad. Depending on the chassis, they can be expensive, they can be restrictive. You know, there's a lot of bad that comes with them. But can they be good as well in the right situation? Sure, it's just like any other tool. If properly used and properly disclosed and properly understood, maybe it's a fit in some plans, maybe it's not. But the problem that, that we see with annuities right now is that there were so many of them sold so quickly and so heavily marketed that they were improperly recommended to people. And when they're improperly recommended and when there's things aren't fully disclosed, they tend to get a bad rap. And so are they bad? Yeah, absolutely. Are they good? Potentially. Yeah, yeah they could be. Right. Well, and I think that's kind of really the point. I know I kind of set you up a little bit here on the podcast, yeah. but really calling this right or wrong, well, it depends, right? Because some of these things are going to be right for some people and wrong for others. So just like anything, you've got to make sure you're having the conversation with your financial advisor, your coach, if you will, about which products and which things are going to be useful and beneficial to you. You can't just blindly accept any one opinion. I think that was kind of what I was going for. So hopefully yeah. that that worked out kind of well and had a little fun in the process of doing it. So no matter what your take is personally, kind of to your point about the story you just shared, you know, just don't blindly say, you know, this is good or bad. Have the conversation, get told about the pros and cons, and then make an informed decision from there. And that's what we hopefully try to offer is a useful nugget or two of information here on the podcast. This is Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee of Elevated Retirement Group. Check out the podcast online at retirementelevatedpodcast.com. That's retirementelevatedpodcast.com. Or just give Sean and the team a call at 855-50-RETIRE if you have questions. And before you take any action, always please check with a qualified professional like Sean. Give him a call, 855-50-RETIRE. Make sure you share the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, subscribe, all that good kind of stuff. And Sean, my friend, thanks for being here with me for a few minutes, and I hope you had a little fun. It was awesome. Thanks, Doug. All right, we'll catch you next time here on the podcast. This is Retirement Elevator. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.